Travels with John Smith, Year One, Chapter Three. More observations. I am in a kind of withdrawal. There are shoes everywhere, but there are none in my size. The largest women's shoes are at most one size smaller than my feet, and mostly a lot smaller. There are trendy, low-priced items of clothing everywhere, but all of them are too small. I was a medium in both Canada and the UK. Here, I am an extra large, and even that is tight. And they rarely have anything in that size. I actually found a jacket that was XXL that just fit. I think you can imagine how distressing this is. John and I are settling in. As I mentioned before, we had a tricky time. Won't go into detail, but I'm sure you can imagine with how the food or water, not sure which, was affecting us. And John was ill for a couple of days. So we ate boiled carrots and rice using bottled boiled water in a rice cooker. This is the first rice cooker I've owned in my life. It was only about 10 bucks, and I think it's a wonderful machine. Along with the carrots and rice, we drank Coca-Cola. I was once prescribed this by a doctor in France, and it works for a dodgy tummy, as long as it's real Coke. It is not easy to find dairy products here, which is probably a good thing. They have loads of fresh tomatoes in China, but it's not easy to find canned tomatoes for pasta sauces. So we stock up on those, dill pickles, Thai curry, mustard, balsamic, olive oil, popcorn kernels, and other products that are hard to find. These imported goods are very expensive, though. We have a holiday coming up from October 1st to the 10th, as does most of China. So after a lot of searching and getting advice from other teachers regarding the best places to go on a holiday at the same time as everyone else in the country, we decide on Hong Kong. Hong Kong is basically another country, but it's still China, so it's pretty easy to get to, either by plane or bullet train. The train is meant to be a little cheaper and is about three and a half hours to Guangzhou, then a smaller and slower train, about an hour more, to get to Hong Kong. Some of the Chinese teachers are going too, and one of them, Joe, has volunteered to go get the tickets for us, as you have to buy them at a specified place and you need to be able to speak Chinese. I am in a little bakery looking for a birthday cake for John's 59th birthday. There are mostly Chinese versions of various cakes and pastries that look right, but I am not sure it will be real chocolate, as we tried some pastries before that were meant to be chocolate and were more like sugar with brown coloring. An older white guy with an Aussie accent says hello and asks me where I am teaching. It is so rare to see a foreigner here. You usually acknowledge them as if you know them and assume that they are either teaching 
or going to school somewhere. I tell him my situation, and he tells me about a lady who's looking for English teachers at a university here. He sets me up with her right away, and I have an interview tomorrow. He gives me a card with the details on it and tells me what to do to get there and rushes off. I am waiting for the 902 bus to go to the university, which is the opposite direction to where we usually go. It comes packed, as always, and I show the driver a card with the address on it, hoping he understands I want him to let me off there. I just know it's along the same road as the school, but no idea how long it will take to get there. He nods as I put my money in, and now I look nervously out the window for a sign that we are near. It feels like we are in the countryside now. The bus stops in front of a huge gate, and the driver motions for me to get off. I walk down a long road to a cluster of buildings and show the card to everyone I meet. It is now an hour and a half since I left home. I have been here for 15 minutes, and the nice lady has already offered me a job. Knowing I have no degree in teaching, she said we'll find a way around that. It feels good to be offered something, but I will talk about it with John before accepting. The classes are spread out with breaks in between, so the hours are from 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. for very little money, and it is quite far away from where we live, and some of the holidays don't match up with John's. I smile and thank her and start the long trek back to the school. We've been doing a lot of walking, and in the process, see lots of interesting people and vegetation. People seem to plant vegetables wherever there's a patch of dirt, no matter if it's on the side of the highway or the school. It is humid and hot, so it is very green and fertile everywhere. It is hard to take pictures of people, because I don't want to offend anyone, and unless you ask, and I don't know how to do that yet, it feels pretty rude. Not to mention that we do not exactly blend in here, so it's hard to do it even in a sneaky way. I do feel we are making a little progress on learning some words in Mandarin. Mostly John, but even I have a couple of words that are now sticking to that slippery thing called my brain. We have started to get to this sound and remember various words and have now discovered this version of Chinese is called Wuhanese, meaning it is different in some ways from Beijing Chinese and has evolved into a different accent because of the many people moving to Wuhan from different parts of the province, particularly from the countryside. I am now running the songwriting club after school, and have mostly grade 10s and 11s. It's lots of fun. We are writing a song together at the moment about a universal theme, a vampire. John just arrived to pick me up, and I asked them to sing it. He looks amazed, and I feel proud as they belt out the song. They are delightful kids, great memories for melodies and lyrics, and love to perform, with seemingly no fear of what others might think. 
I am helping with the little kids at the foreign national section of the school, kindergarten to grade threes. I did some reading with them last week, my first time there, and brought the guitar today to teach them there was an old lady. So before I came, I had to learn it too. There is another observation I have not mentioned before. It is that small children here have their trousers cut open at the crotch, bare bums and whatnots out, so they can go to the bathroom whenever they need to. I am in the lineup at a grocery store, and a father, who is also in the line, rushes over to a large garbage bin holding his child over top so the child can do his business in it. I guess it would be good for the environment because it reduces the amount of diapers that get thrown out. I am not sure when they grow out of this habit, but I have luckily not seen any teenagers doing it. I was told by a teacher here that she thought they tend to stop around the age of three, and although we have seen kids a little older rushing out and relieving themselves on the side of the street, she says when they grasp the concept of shame, they stop. We are in a place called Taylor Street. It was dubbed this by Westerners for obvious reasons. It is basically a street housing a four-story building with different stalls of every fabric you can imagine and the tailors that will make for you anything you like. You can bring something you already have or they have pattern books and some examples of suits, dresses, etc. You choose the material what you want made, and decide on a price. Some bargaining goes on, but not as much as in the markets. They measure you up, and a week later, you have a new suit or whatever you want in very good quality and fit. I feel like I'm in heaven, especially after being in none-of-this-fits-you hell. I see a very pretty piece of silk that I will have a dress made of, John orders a kind of elegant Mao suit. It will be ready when we get back from Hong Kong. This is probably where we will get something warm made when it gets chillier. So exciting. Mm-hmm.